and she thought about how she needed to respond to this pressure. God's covenant is secure and it is strong. And when we are grafted into his family by his son, Christ, we have covenant on our side. Well, they say one of the very worst times to make good decisions is when you're under a lot of pressure. So today on Bridges, we're going to talk about peace under pressure. So glad that you could join us today. And I'm so glad that all of you could come out and join us today. We've got a group here today from the Beauty for Ashes ministry, and we welcome all of you and a group also from Vessels of Honor. And we're so glad to have you as well. So we're going to talk about peace under pressure. And how many of you have really ever had to make a decision where like there was a lot of pressure going on and it became hard to make a good decision? I mean, we even know with little things like grocery shopping, go to the grocery store hungry. That bill is way big. You know what I'm saying? Like everything looks good. <laughs> it's hard to keep with the budget because you just can't make good decisions. You're, you're acting out of being hungry and everything looks really good uh, when you're hungry. And so for us in being able to make decisions, it's important that we're able to walk in the peace of God. The Bible even talks about Jesus as the Prince of Peace. And so today we're going to take a look at a woman's story in the Bible who had so much pressure going on, and yet she walked with a great amount of peace. And she made God-honoring decisions that helped her in her present, but really helped her throughout her life. And her faith really still speaks to all of us today about peace under pressure and what God can do in us and through us if we will dare to trust him when the pressure is up full throttle. So we're going to look at Ruth. And if any of you know the story of Ruth, Ruth is a, a young woman in the Old Testament who had a lot of pressure going on in her life. She had a lot of tragic loss going on. Uh, she had a mother-in-law, Naomi, that she loved dearly, but she had lost her father-in-law. She had lost her husband. She lost her brother-in-law. And, you know, that is a lot of tragic loss for anyone to go through. And her sister-in-law, while she didn't lose her sister-in-law to death, she did lose that relationship because the sister-in-law elected to move back to be with her uh, parents, with her family, because she had lost her husband as well. So we're talking about a lot of loss of relationship, tragic, unexpected death of two young men. And I know that a lot of times, you know, when we read the Bible, we think, well, you know, but that's like, that's Ruth in the Bible. You know, it wasn't like that hard for Ruth in the Bible because we have the privilege of knowing how it all worked out and the end of the story. But if we had met Ruth on day one, like the day that she lost her husband or the day that she lost her brother-in-law or the day that her sister-in-law, who she was probably close to, moved back to be with her parents, there would have been a lot of pressure there would have been a lot of loss. There would have been a lot of tears. She would have had all the normal questions that you and I would have if our whole life was turned upside down. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. 
we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Because if our whole life was turned upside down, we would be thinking like, well, where, where do I live now? Right? Because she'd been living with her husband near her mother-in-law and father-in-law. Where do I move? How do I move? How do I get people to help me move? Um, I love my mother-in-law, but she's like really bitter right about now. There's a point in the Bible where the mother-in-law says, don't call me by my name, Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitter because I'm bitter. I came here full and now I'm empty. You ever been around somebody that's bitter? You know, kind of you want to cut the visit short, don't you? You don't want to be hanging around a long time because it's a lot to handle. So what she's left with, Ruth, is a, is a bitter mother-in-law, and she's got to be thinking about, okay, so I don't have a husband. Like, I had a husband just a couple of weeks ago. We had hopes of a happy marriage. Maybe they had hopes of having children hopes of where they would live. It's so easy to look at Bible characters as, well, that's just Ruth in the Bible. But Ruth is no different than any one of you or than me. We all have hopes. We have dreams. We have plans of how things will work out. I'm about sure when she got married, she thought about a long, happy life with her husband, a lovely relationship with her in-laws, having at least as one of her closest friends, her sister-in-law and her brother-in-law, they had those hopes and those are all dashed and she had to have thoughts. She had to have concerns about where will I live? Where will I move? How will I eat? How about the question, will I ever be happy again? How about the question, will I ever feel peace again? Or will I just feel all this pressure to make all of these decisions? And yet in all of this that she's going through, she has some thoughts and she has some thoughts about God and she has thoughts about family and she has thoughts about work and she has thoughts about provision. And so in the midst of all of her pressure, she has divine order. She has some peace to work with. And I want us to look at that because the first thing that she does is she thinks about God and she thinks about her family. Look with me at Ruth 1 and starting in verse 16, and I'll read from the New Living Translation. This is Ruth speaking to her mother-in-law. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and I will be buried. 
May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So Ruth is under all of this pressure, under the need to make all of these major life decisions. And yet she didn't succumb to the pressure to just make the pressure go away, to go back and to live with her family, which would have been far easier than to face what she was facing But she thought about, from that scripture, you can see, she thought about God, and she thought about covenant, and she thought about how she needed to respond to this pressure. And one of the things that we need to understand is that when pressure is coming from the outside, and when pressure is coming from the inside, we need to pause, and we need to think about God. We need to remember God and we need to remember that he is a covenant-keeping God. Everything in life moves, shifts, and changes but God. God's covenant is secure and it is strong. And when we are grafted into his family by his son, Christ, we have covenant on our side. We are not orphans, no matter how much pressure that we are under. We are never all the way alone. Even if everybody lives far, far away from us and we are isolated, we have a covenant-keeping God that will never leave us and that will never forsake us. So Ruth begins to make some decisions that will honor God. If you want peace, under pressure, make decisions that will honor God. Look for places where you can keep covenant and what you can do to honor God. Ruth had the pressure of, I've kind of lost everything and everybody, so I just need to take care of myself. And that could have looked like anything. That could have looked like stealing, That could have looked like just going out and finding another man real quick and in a hurry. (laughs) That could have looked like running away. I mean, that could have looked like anything. You think about it. And for most of us, when we've made really poor choices, it's because there's a lot of pressure. Pressure's banging on the door. Do something, do something, do something, do something. And we're like, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. And then a week later, we're like, hmm. You know, and sometimes it can happen like in a financial way, like at a car lot. You think you're just going to look for a car and then you see one. And you ever notice on the car lot how they're all really shiny cars? (laughs) Even the previously owned, they're like really shiny. You notice how they're all cleaned. You can see the vacuum lines in there and they smell good. And you think you're just going to price things, right? And you go there, and there's Mr. Nice Shiny Car, and it smells good, and it looks good. And then, you know, Mr. Salesman or Saleswoman comes to you, pressure, pressure, pressure. We can do this for you. It'll only be $299 for the rest of your life every month. pressure, pressure, pressure. And we start thinking, well, you know, it is nice. And, oh boy, you know, right now, 
Bumper stickers are holding my car together. You know, maybe I don't need to wait for the next couple of years and save. Maybe I need to do this. Pressure. How many have done that? Signed on a dotted line, whether it's a car, a house, clothes, whatever. And we're sorry we did it. Like, we wish we could take it back. But with cars, there's no cooling off period. You get it? You get it. And that pressure to take care of ourselves, that pressure sometimes to make things look good, that pressure that, well, you know, nobody saw me through the last time. I just need to step in and do something about this. All of that was there for Ruth, and it's all been there for us at one point or another in our life. But if we'll have just enough faith to step back, just enough faith to remember that God is a covenant-keeping God and that His Word says, He's never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. That his word says that he is not a man that he would lie. That he never abandons the work of his hands. We are the work of his hands. He is not going to let us go. We think we find God, but he has been pursuing us every single day of our life. He has been pursuing us on our worst day. He's been pursuing us. So when you're under pressure, if you can just remember God, remember covenant. And then Ruth also thought about something else that shows what a diligent woman she is and how she understands God's plan. And that is she thought about work. Now, I know for a lot of people, they don't want to be thinking about work. Work is a part of God's plan. And work has been a part of God's plan even before the fall. And work involves faith, work, work involves self-control, and work involves humility. Look with me at Ruth 2, and I'll read verses 2 and 3. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. As it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Now, we all know that there are jobs, you know, and then there are jobs, and then there are jobs. I would just imagine that the work or the job involved of, you know, going to pick up behind what people have dropped and left behind would not be the job that we would put on Facebook. Do you know what I'm saying? That wouldn't be the one that we would tweet about or that we would tell our family about all excitedly, like, I got my dream job. Here's my chance. Here's my blessed opportunity. This young lady says, let me go to the harvest field to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anybody who's kind enough to let me do it. So we see that not only does she want to work, but that she's like really humble about it. She understood that God's plan is if you don't work, you don't eat. It's not other people's responsibility to take care of all of our needs. Now, if we're in the hospital, if we've got some, you know, medical problem, of course, that's where we bear one another's burdens and we help. But when we are able-bodied 
It is God's plan for us to work. So this young woman, rather than going to find a man to provide for her right away, rather than her demanding that her mother-in-law do it, right? Rather than saying somebody needs to take care of me, she gets this bright idea. It may not be the best work, but I can do that job. And you all, sometimes when it's peace under pressure, it may not always look like the most golden opportunity or the most lofty thing, but it's what's there. Do what's there. Do what you can and trust God with the results. Because she understood that work, work brings structure. Work teaches us self-control. Work teaches us how to do things, how to get along with other people. And we feel good when we're productive. Those are all God-honoring concepts. And when everything in our life has gone wrong, work can be a very important part of the rebuilding process. Even Jesus worked. He was a carpenter. It takes faith to make the right decisions and to work hard when you're under a lot of pressure. It had to take everything she had to get out there in in that field with all of that loss and all of that tragedy and yet still say, whoever's kind enough to leave something, I'm just going to go pick up what they've left behind. She wanted to provide. She wanted to take back food back to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And of course, she wanted to eat herself. I mean, don't you know food is good, right? I get done eating breakfast, I'm thinking about, okay, what's for lunch? (laughs) God blesses the hands of the diligent. When we're under pressure, it's important to be diligent, to exercise faith and self-control. Hebrews 11, 6 and 7 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. If you want to be rewarded by God, seek him. Do what God says to do. This is what Ruth is doing. She's seeking God. You might say, no, she's back there harvesting, picking up after the harvesters. You all, she's exercising faith. She's exercising self-control. She's readily admitted that while she's lost everything in her life and she doesn't have much, she's willing to do what she can. And that is faith. That's peace under pressure. That's instead of folding and saying everything has gone wrong, I'm just going to lay down and let other people do it. She's like, you know what? I'm going to be a part of the solution here. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to do my part. It's very important, especially when we're under pressure. Do everything that you can in the natural and let God take care of the supernatural. God doesn't do our part, and we don't do his part. God doesn't come down and put our Pop-Tarts in the toaster for us. That's for us to do. But when we've done everything that we can and need to do, you trust me, he will do the supernatural, and he does it for Ruth. Stay with me in Ruth 2 and verse 4. While she was there, speaking of Ruth, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who's that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes of rest in the shelter. 
Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See what part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. You all, this is miracle. Okay, this is supernatural. And this is what I mean, that when we do what we can in the natural, when we are under pressure, God will do the supernatural. Naomi, Ruth could have said, I'm under so much pressure, I just got to do for myself. But what she did is she did what she could. And God brought more provision and brought protection for her. And, you know, many times women can look at it that, you know, we are more vulnerable in some ways than men. And I don't mean that against us one iota, because in some ways, physically, we're usually smaller and not as strong. So we are more vulnerable, but we don't have to sell ourselves out to any man because God is always going to take care of us when we follow him. We don't ever have to lose our femininity. God is taking care of Ruth out in this field. He said to the men, don't, don't mess with her. And he's told her where she can gather and where she can gather safely. And so when there seems to be no way, God is going to make a way. If we will walk in his peace and do things his way, when we are under the pressures of life, it's not always going to be easy, but he's going to make a way. It's not easy for Ruth to be out in these fields. It's just not easy to work all day in fields. It just couldn't possibly be. And you're picking up other people's leftovers. And I could see a lot of people getting resentful about that. But she does it anyway because it's the right thing to do. And you all, sometimes there's just stuff in our path that it's just the right thing to do. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. And you might say, well, that's not, you know, that's not the Lord. Sometimes it is. (laughs) We learn great lessons that way. Peace is to acknowledge God's ability and his willingness to help us. Never make a decision that is fueled by pressure. Make decisions that are fueled by faith. And as you look at Ruth's life, and as it moves on, there comes a point where Naomi, her bitter mother-in-law, gets happy. And she starts saying, well, you know, Ruth, how are you bringing us such good things to eat? And Ruth is like, you know, I've been out there working. (laughs) Good things come to those who will work by faith. God opens doors when we do what we can. God opens doors for the rest. So don't just turn down opportunities all the time because you think you're overqualified or because you're under so much pressure that you just can't. Sometimes that door that's marked leftovers is God's door. Don't be afraid of hard work in the midst of pressure. Don't be afraid of that. When you're under pressure, acknowledge God in every single one of your ways, the best that you can, acknowledge God. Acknowledge your covenant relationships. And then look at the role of work. What is it that we can do in the natural about what we're facing? If it's a mountain of debt, 
Maybe it's calling all of the bill collectors and saying, this is what I can do. What I'm saying is get a plan together. Don't just think that God is going to rain a million dollars down in the middle of your living room. If he does, be sure and call me. I'll be right over. Right? Wouldn't we all be there? No matter where we are, we'll be there. But that's not typically how God works. He honors our efforts. He honors our faith. And it takes faith to work. It takes faith to be diligent. I'm about sure Ruth had a few days that if it would have been possible to stay at home and pull the covers up over her head, she would do that. I've wanted to do that before. You know, kind of the alarm goes off and you think, ah, not so much today. But if we want God's best, we fulfill our responsibilities. And as we work, God brings provision. As we do what we can in the natural, God does his part in the supernatural. So peace under pressure, it's not about the absence of pressure. We are going to have pressure every single day until we go and be in heaven. But he is going to be our peace in that pressure. He is going to be our portion if we will acknowledge him, if we will obey him, if we will look for what he is doing in our lives. And of course, pray for peace. Count your blessings. Be thankful in those moments that you just think, oh, I've lost so much. And we've all been there. We've all had moments that you think, you know, my life is just not ever going to be the same again. And there's something that I've learned about those moments. And it's not that I love those moments because I don't. But I've learned that, okay, it's not ever going to be the same. But with God's help, with God's help, it's going to be better. With God's help, he's going to give me peace. With God's help, I can go to work today and do what I need to do. I can treat everybody with love and kindness because this day is not forever. Better days are coming. So to acknowledge God in all of our ways, to make that decision, that peace under pressure is our portion, no matter what we face. After today, after this moment, we're never going to make another decision because we're under pressure. We're making decisions out of faith. That's something that we can all do. We can't all affect everything that happens in our life. But we can make faith-filled decisions instead of operating out of pressure and emotion and the storms and the tests and the trials of life. In just a couple of moments, Jennifer McGill is going to come again and talk to all of you about peace under pressure. But I just want us to all make that decision today to decide that peace under pressure is our way of life from this moment on because of what Jesus has done for us. Would you like to be a part of a Bridges Studio Audience production? Visit monicaschmelter.com slash calendar to sign up. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. 
I'm Jennifer McGill, and I'm being joined by Shonda. Thank you for joining us here at Bridges. And so I was just talking to Shonda about how I kind of summed up a lot of what Monica was saying that impacted me as far as under pressure, you have to do your part. You have to make that pause, believe in the promise, believe in the path, and walk in peace. So that's a lot of P words. But I would say, what impacted you the most as far as what Monica was spelling out today about fueling decisions by faith, walking in peace, under pressure? When I think about pressure, I think about the pressures of being a single mother, especially caught in addiction and the secrets behind that. Um, I took a faith when I came to Beauty for Ashes, a healing place there. And it was just like when I shut the door, I totally trusted God and what he was going to have for my life at that point. And I love it that that was that was a huge process. You know, Monica did talk about how sometimes things don't happen overnight. Millions of dollars don't rain down on us. It's it's a process with God. It's that relationship with him. So what would be the next step for you as far as applying what you learned today about walking in peace, making these faith-fueled decisions in your personal life? For me, I really want to impact women that's just like me, single mothers that have to do the work and take care of their children and their family and have struggles and me letting them know that God is it. You know, to find him and all and everything is just perfect. I thought of another P word, proud. I'm I'm just inspired just by listening to what you're saying. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Shonda. Thank you for joining us here on Bridges. You can find study guides and full episodes on monicashmelter.com. You have a great rest of your day. The blood of Christ is the only cure. It gets down to the root of every single thing that ails us. There's not an addiction. There's not a generational curse. There's not any root of sin. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your event. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.